0: Shop of Maniacs, you're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show, a podcast all about front-end web design and development. I'm Dave uh, on a Mac right now. <laughs> and with me is Chris Ooh, I'm gonna cat.
1: cross my Chris. cross my fingers for you. Yeah, it's just getting dry. I think a little a little cold here. Um yeah, it's, yeah, welcome. I know we've talked about this for a number of episodes. You did finally blog it, so if anybody's uh subscribes, of course, via RSS to Dave's RSS Club. Dave has, you have blogged it now and you covered some stuff we didn't talk about in the show. So, so, you know, cool. I, what I was really excited. I like I wanted to hear, wanted to hear you just dig Mac. Cause my day-to-day yeah. life on Mac is just fine. I don't even think about it. I don't have like, I have like zero complaints, but from, but of course you would, if you're gone for a long time and then came back, like you're going to be annoyed by like 20 things and you, you did it. You delivered.
0: Well, um, it was partly cause you mentioned it on the show. You're just like, what do you not like? And I was like, Oh. Wow. The well, one X text rendering,
1: you got to, to to dig. I I I don't know. I don't have nothing to compare it to, but I can see how you would go there.
0: I it's not good. Uh San Francisco is a font? Not good. Uh Bluetooth on Macs, Not good. Like mm. just you know, if if I like leave my if I pull out my headphone, my earbud, my Apple earbud, $100 yeah. Apple earbud. You pull it I, out, I guess okay. each one's fifty. The AirPods, out, you mean to go to the to go to the bathroom, which because I'm 40, that happens 72 times a day or whatever. So um, I go to the bathroom and like. I come back and it's like the, the Mac is like, what's a headphone? <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you mean headphones? And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's the ones I paid $100 for. And they're like, "Nah, I don't even know. It's, I mean, it's in the sound little menu, but I don't know how to connect to it. It's like, Mac, I was Gosh. just listening to headphones, and it's like, I don't even know. I, I don't get it.
1: So. Yeah, I wonder if there's some Big Sur stuff going on there, too. I know on mine, um, the show volume and menu bar just turns itself off all the time. And then it changes its yeah. icon depending on if you have headphones or not, which makes it harder for me to mentally get because it's like – it's it's a speaker looking icon if you aren't using your headphones and it's a headphones icon if you are, which to some degree makes sense, but it makes it hard for them, me to find. And sometimes it's just not there at all, which really confuses me. I brought some new headphones because my uh, my old Beats just broke. They literally snapped in half. Oh, no. So there's that, you know, they were oh, just no. totally unfixable. I tried to duct tape them for a while. So I bought buy some new ones and it has this weird thing where I I, I literally don't know the technology involves. I'll put them on. And it'll decide that music should be playing then because I've put them on. Okay. But it but in my setup, I have I have like an Apple TV in the office that's connected to a TV that has a home pod on it. So the home pods will like randomly start playing out in the other area of my office. Because all I did was put on some non-Apple branded Bluetooth connected headphones. It somehow sent a signal to my computer that's like, music should be playing elsewhere. It's like what <laughs> That's odd. So I'll be in a meeting and the meeting audio is fine, but music has just started playing somewhere else. That's real weird. Anyway, I I of course. So so this is how disconnected and just troubled of a human being I am. So then my answer to that is to buy $550 Apple headphones that they uh released that day and there's zero reviews on. I'm like, that'll fix my problem. But truth be told, I'm just excited about them because the that connection where they they just kind of work is is. Is appealing
0: to me. If I that would be cool. I, I think like if you buy into the the ecosystem, like I, my Surface earbuds, which I aren't very popular, but they work really well with like a PC. Other than the latency, um, mm. but they like it, it just works really well with the PC. And so I, I was just so impressed so by that. That's what that. you're and, talking and then, about
1: with the bathroom thing, with the what's a earbud thing. You're using Surface earbuds.
0: Surface earbuds, and I can oh, get cool. like all the way across my house, you know. But the Apple earbuds are like Six 45 feet. feet max. Yeah, oh, 45. yeah, like 12 feet it's better than I thought. I don't know. It it it's not that far. It depends how many walls. But I just it's not great. Um, uh, I ended up buying a touchpad because I like you know my mouse and uh, like. I would set the natural scrolling from my trackpad on my laptop or that's how it came. And I was like, Ooh, I don't like this on the mouse. Let me flip it back. And then it's like messes, messed up my trackpad, you know, like my trackpad went inverted and I'm just like, could you imagine a world where these are different (laughs) Apple please? Um, so anyway, I, uh, I have, I just bought a trackpad because I was like, I can't deal with the mouse shifting every time I open it. And of course, people are like, Well, you can download a third party thing. And it's like, I don't, mm. I'm trying to get out of this workarounds thing. You know, I, I'm trying That's to get out of fixes for fixes. You know, workarounds. I'm tired of workarounds. And every time I say it, I say amen, because I just, I feel that in my soul. <laughs> I'm just tired of workarounds. And I know a lot of the job is about workarounds. I know. Uh, like programming is basically workarounds. You're writing workarounds to make a rock think, you know, but Mm -hmm. I I just, uh, I don't want workarounds. I I want systems. Does that make sense? Like I'm at a inflection point where I can start new. Um, so I want a good system. I don't want a good workaround. I don't want a collection of workarounds. I want a system. So You know, it's, I think like from the get go, I'm going to install Hazel, you know, I haven't done it yet because I was like, Oh, maybe I have an old license, but like, I used to use that. Yeah. Wipe out my downloads folder every week, organize my desktop every day, every minute, every time a file shows up, you know, um, I just, that seems like the best thing I could do for myself, you know? And, um, I just want better systems in place. So love me,
1: love me a system. Yeah, I was thinking of, I don't know why this popped to mind, but like remove, as much as I can remove little like customizations of how things work, I prefer it, which you could argue that Hazel would be the opposite of what I'm talking about then, because now you've added some dependency, but the idea is to systematize it. So I I get it. But remember that art direction? Oh, yeah. Tell me.
0: Sorry. For me, it's like, like I'm adding an enhancement, not a workaround. Do, Do those, sort of differences make sense to anyone else it's uh hazel is like auto file, like organizing that seems like a feature you know that's like a very kind of complex feature it it's not like install this app so that you can get your mouse going the other way you know like i don't want the mouse one i want the auto organize my files please you know so that's that's the distinction i'm trying to make in my head you know
1: yeah, it's not. It's for that task. You're not like bastardizing some tool or whatever. You're using the tool for exactly what it's for. That probably factors. Yeah, I'm
0: too. not trying to hack the OS. I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Add st- add sensibility to my life, you know, yeah. that's, that's, I think,
1: football, I, I think right? I used it for things like, you know, if it's this type of file is on my desktop, then actually go move it over here. Cause that's where I really want it anyway. And like, please delete crap out of my downloads folder after 15 days and little, little rules like that, that kind of end up keeping a cleaner system.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's like screenshots on your desktop. Wouldn't that be cool if they just showed up in a folder instead of all over, you know, and then they auto delete it after a week, you know, like, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. So.
1: gotten to delete a couple of WordPress plugins l- lately that I, that were kind of like doubled up. And so anytime I delete one, it feels good. Not because there's it's some arbitrary goal to have fewer of them, but just like it's old. It just, I don't, I don't know if it's actively developed anymore. I like running a stock system when I can, and that applies to all kinds of stuff. So every time I can do that, it's great. You wrote or like forked or something, this plugin art direction for WordPress that I've used for over a decade. That all it does is add a little meta field to WordPress and it just, you can just, arbitrarily write a little chunk of code into it, and it just injects it on the page. It is so simple. What It does. It does nothing at all. The idea, though, is you can then write scripts and styles in there, and if you write a style tag and it gets injected, well, it will style just that page. It doesn't get applied to all over your WordPress site, and the idea is literally art direction, and I know that term has been a little bastardized to mean a blog post that has some custom styles on it, but hey here we are so if you want a blog post with some mm-hmm. custom styles on it you just that that plugin makes that tremendously easy i still have it in i haven't been able to delete it but uh you know our lead editor at um at css tricks jeff graham blogged yesterday's like oh here's a little trick on how to apply some custom styles now that we have gutenberg you make an html block you write a style tag and you put the stuff in there i'm like Wow, oh. Jeff, that's deliciously easy. That is totally canceled, <laughs> Dave's decade old plugin art direction.
0: I fully support it because yeah. I, it was, you know, it's a hack. I mean, it's just try to sneak it in there. And then, you know, and WordPress didn't really have the concept of like, you know, I don't know, you like, it didn't really have the concept of blocks, right? So, like, you just no. didn't have a place for it, like in the CMS or whatever. So, Right. Damn, that's yeah. cool. I don't know
1: if I'd even no, call it just... a hack, it was like, it was usually used all the right hooks and stuff. It did, it did what it was supposed to do. It's just, I would love to delete it because I'm sure you have no plans on ever touching that piece of code again. You know, no, it's been 10 no. years, so okay. probably not a good, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no. But I don't know how to convert it. That's tricky, too. I've done some plug-in conversion lately. We just did it on Shop Talk Show, actually, and I ended up um, hiring a company to do it because it required some, like, MySQL trickery and stuff. Both of us have the ability to do that. But, you know,
0: <laughs> who wants
1: to, you know, when you can outsource who it? Who
0: wants to? <laughs> who wants to? But also, I mean, we took the site down one day, try, you know, like, I mean, it, oh, just yeah. a failed migration her, was, or whatever. That so. that's tricky.
1: Uh, The idea is to move to this plugin called simply seriously simple podcasting, which is just much nicer and upgraded and has development behind it. So wanted to get on that instead of one that isn't actively developed, but it's work to get there. If I wanted to delete your old plugin that art direction one, it's going to be tricky. And I so I probably mm-hmm. won't, you know, maybe I'll hire somebody out at some point to to think about the problem and do it. But I would like to do that at some point. I wonder if there's any like, if there's any bored WordPress people out there that have a are pretty good WordPress developers, you know, custom stuff. I have some jobs I'd like to do at some point. Feel free to reach out to me if you get a kick out of that stuff. I just have some stuff that have been pages forever on CSS tricks that mm-hmm. I really, I think should be custom post types, but I don't want to change any URLs and I don't want to you know, it's a, it's a little like maintenance stuff, like that. That I just don't, I don't want to do myself, but should probably be done at some point. Yeah.
0: Anyway, we for, we should say shout out to Castos, the the company that does seriously some Simpl- podcasting, who helped us with this. And, um, if you want to specifically show their Jonathan over and get there the really money, did a good job. Yeah, they offer like a podcast hosting service too that you can kind of get in on. So anyway, um, but no, I I'm. I'm fully on board. Have I, I, I told you my, uh, you know, you know, a nanny share you yeah, I told yeah, you this yeah, idea. You have,
1: well, we did, we've dabbled for sure. The idea is that you don't just have with, a nanny, which is kind of expensive. You share it with a couple of other families. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, moms and dads and, uh, can get like days off, you know, uh, and, <laughs> while, Kids, particularly small kids, are taken care of or watched, you know, make sure they don't put a Lego too far up their nose. And so, uh, so you get, you know, you buy with four families, you get like two days a week or something like that. I've always thought it'd be great to have like a handyman share, <laughs> like oh my god. Like a you know, like a maintenance worker for the neighborhood or something that mm-hmm. I could like. I get pay. Them for a day a week like, or whatever be like, oh my god, yeah, and you just whatever fix that weird light socket, you know, wouldn't that be great? Um, yeah, oh maybe I god. could get all my days and like whatever, like whatever, paint the baseboards or something. You know, like I would love like a handyman share. Dave, I would absolutely sign up for it. You're a genius. What's, I know free ideas here on shop Talk. I'm just giving them away. God, I got to go to, startups. I got to go to
1: home Depot today, which I should, I maybe I won't. Maybe I'll order it online, but the, the sometimes in bend the, the order time for stuff is like weeks and it's not great. I, I, the light went out in my closet, so it's literally pitch black and I have to pick out a shirt in darkness or use my phone flashlight or something, not the end of the world, but I'd like mm-hmm. to fix it. Get the little ladder out, take the light fixture off the thing. Of course it's, the weirdest light bulb ever. You know, it's not just like a, mm-hmm. it's not just a freaking light bulb, which oh, it no, should be it's One of those
0: halogen ones where if it gets fingerprint oil on it, it blows up.
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it looks like a ring baloney, Dave. It's a circle <laughs> halogen light. Like, Who picked <laughs> that out? And it doesn't plug. It has this extra little wiring config. They have to do it, it as this four prong plug to plug it in. I'm like, this should be illegal in houses. What is wrong with a light bulb? The normal kind. Oh,
0: my God. (laughs) This is good. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't want to do that. And I'm not going to replace the
1: fixture. I'm going to go to the store and get a ring baloney light to do it. But, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I'd hire the handyman to do it in a heartbeat because it's kind of an errand, too. But that way, if they're a handyman, they'll probably get the right light bulb because I'm putting myself at like a 62% chance of coming home with the wrong light bulb anyway, even though the right one is in my hand.
0: I take a picture of the broken light bulb in my hand so I know exactly how big it should be in my hand. Yeah, and I go to Home Depot and I stand there for an hour and a half <laughs> and I put every single light bulb in my hand. Yeah. And that is how you find a light bulb in the year 2020.
1: Mm, no, you're dang right. And then you're lucky to, even, lucky to even have it. Anyway, I love it. That timeshare timeshare handyman.
0: So wouldn't that be cool for websites now? Handy yeah. nanny. Oh uh for websites where you just mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. for biggish blogs, you, you hire somebody, you know, to chuck some hours at it. Maybe it's you know, all these things time. could have
1: different skill levels too, because I wouldn't even mind somebody that like, I want to hire, like, somebody who's super good at Mac development, but, like, almost, like, not too good. Because sometimes the prices on that stuff are sky-ass high. And I'm Ooh, like, yeah, what? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think so. It's like $5,000 to change, you know. You're like, N-. I would
0: like my name on an iOS app. 40K. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm starting to think, though, that I could make an intern pretty busy around here. I might dabble in that in the new year. Be like, I don't know if it's. it's probably not safe to have a... To in, in, I don't know. I don't even know, but we could start virtual at first, but in the future, I'm interested in having one that comes to my office, you know? And I think it could be a, like, I don't know how to structure it. Like, am I buying help or am I training them or both? Cause I'm kind of interested in both. Like I actually like want to make you useful to me in my life, but like, I think by virtue of you being useful to me, that's training you too. And we can just do like JavaScript lessons too. Like we can just make it teaching, but I don't want it to be it's it's not charity, and it's not. I don't want to get no value out of it. I want you to literally help me. I think it's websites. You know,
0: that's officially an apprenticeship, and you have Apprentice. to wear like leather aprons and uh, stuff like that. You yeah, know?
1: and you have to do it for like weirdly long time before you get to be a master. It's like ten years. Yeah, like
0: sixteen years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. uh, Sign up. Uh, it's ten years, no pay. Uh, yeah, but you learn about websites.
1: It's yeah. going to be good. At the end, you don't, your raise is like 15%. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Hover. That's hover.com, which is a damn fine place to buy domain names they have 400 plus extensions you know .com .net all that but 400 meaning all the cool ones you know the huge portfolio of those which is great it's just a damn fine place to buy a domain name period it's really clean checkout process a really clean uh, admin screen for managing and dealing with your domains I recommend it to absolutely everybody who needs to buy a domain name, whether they're brand new, which I then tell you, you got to get yourself a domain name, get yourself some skin in the game. Now you have a domain name. Now learn how to point it to hosting. Now build your website and put it there. That's what makes the web real. And it can be this really great aha moment. You know, go to Hover, get 10% off anyway, follow the link from our show notes to get that very generous of Hover. So do that. Uh, awesome. And for, you know, new entrepreneurs, you know, give yourself that skin in the game, get the domain name, make the idea real in your mind, you know? And Hover has all the good stuff. They have free Whois protection, super nice. Thanks you. That super nice uh, uh, like UX/UI around not just searching for the domain names, but more importantly, once you own them, logging in, seeing your portfolio of domains, being able to do stuff with them. Meaning like you get the email with it, so that's important. But you know, for listeners of Shop Talk Show, we're talking about like pointing your DNS to where it needs to go, and changing name servers, and doing that kind of stuff that. You're going to need to know how to do once in a while as a web worker kind of person. Hover makes that awesome. So uh, uh, do all that at hover.com. And thanks so much for the sponsorship. Hey, did you fix uh did you fix Puppeteer or whatever? Did, was that satisfying? Good news.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I have, uh, you know, part of the whole thing about switching to Mac was I like couldn't run Puppeteer and it was frustrating I got it running. Puppeteer is Mac. the thing where you um, emulate
1: Chrome people. Uh, it It's instructions to spin up a headless or head full version of Chrome. Yeah. And yeah. it just totally, it had workarounds for workarounds, as Dave put it in Windows land.
0: Yeah. Workarounds for workarounds didn't really work. And so like I, I put it on my Mac. I am hitting like a weird timeout error. Like it's only 2000 milliseconds to like do an accessibility audit or something. And it's not working, so (laughs) okay. Halfway, I'm just, but I skipped that, uh, and it's, uh, but I I can get the tests to pass if I watch the task, you know. So I did the full TDD thing, Chris. I I impressed myself. I so you used
1: an expectation (laughs) library with it, or no?
0: Uh, Yeah. So this one, um, it's so it's generic uh, components, which is like generic web components by. Uh Pascal, I think uh but um uh the Passle on Twitter. But he uh but so there is um That's cool. It's just a pretty generic thing, but he's using web at web slash test runner, which has a web slash test runner chrome, which has puppeteer core. Puppeteer core tries okay. to use whatever is on the system. It what doesn't install in Chrome
1: their accessibility
0: tests Uh, a lot. There's accessibility, like just a blank kind of ax audit, you know, like does this, is this even HTML Um, there's, but then even functionality, there's like functional tests. Like if you click this, does it have this attribute? Does it have that attribute? Does it do this, you know, integration Um, tests? Yeah. Yeah. Integration is test. And just, you know, if you click the second button, does it actually do the thing? Does it all change, you know, and some kind of, yeah. And I think it's all a flavor of mocha Component testing. It has its own, it has its, yeah, it has its
1: own little library.
0: These look nice. Yeah. No. Well, and the idea is they're like completely styleable. It's just, it's just stuff you, it's just very basic components. And so that's kind of what I've been looking for. Was one of the tests failing or something? Well, uh, nothing was failing, um, but I wrote my test first and you know and and i was failing and so then i had to go into the code like i i kind of constructed a test i copy pasted an existing test and stuff like that uh but i kind of modified it but like i wrote the test first and then i did the code you know and it failed kind of the whole way and it was like Mm -hmm. but it was kind of cool because it was like if it works this is what should be happening and then I finally got it to kind of work, and then just turn green, and I was like, "That was cool! Like that was actually fun." Yeah. Did you <laughs>
1: Did mean, you set up a watcher so, like, as you're changing code, it keeps rewriting yeah, the tests? Yeah. As and I, I was
0: watching, it would just save. Sometimes myself. we, uh, when and I'm then, doing you that, know, you, know, if,
1: you know, these these tests are written as like it it parentheses still moves if you do this, you know, and then you write what happens, mm-hmm. and then there's an expectation at the end of it. You can type like it dot only. And then your watcher will only watch that one test, which is kind of satisfying too.
0: Oh, interesting! Just for a little speed reasons, you know? Yeah. No, that's actually I could have used that advice. So, um, it's uh, it was cool. So, but I got that running on the Mac. It worked. I pushed. uh, I've committed open source. Um, I think it's all being reviewed as we speak. But the idea is kind of build out a tabs element that is progressively enhanceable um, and we're like based on feedback from non-sighted users and stuff like that. And nice. so like, yeah, uh, you know how like, Oh, tabs wasn't JPR, done. I'm looking you, at the
1: lib right now and it looks like it's, so that's what you were working on. There's no, Oh, it looks like there's kind of
0: one, but it's not very well documented. There is, there is. Yeah. But it, you know, it was kind of like a group of buttons button elements, and then a group of panels to control. And that's like what the ARIA wants, right? But if you're a non sighted user and you show up and you're just like, it's like button, 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 you're like, I don't know what that means. Like <laughs> mm. it, all the ARIA shows up, but let's say the JavaScript didn't fire and you're just showed up and it was like button, 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 it wouldn't mean anything to do you. you So do you
1: need to do an ARIA role of tabs.
0: Yeah. So you have ARIA, role of a tab list around the buttons and then tab on the button and then tab panel on the panel content. And then it needs to be like linked up via ARIA controls. It's pretty sophisticated and like not something you want to write yourself, you know?
1: No, that's the point of this, right? Like don't, don't don't write it yourself. Use this.
0: Yeah. And so jQuery UI used to do it with like a UL. They would do a unordered list of links that linked to content and that was pretty good. But then uh, the feedback was sort of like, that's just like, I don't know. It's just meaningless to hit like a navigation in the middle of the page, you know, like, like you're just like, you don't expect it to be there um, or whatever. And so the design we're kind of working on, and this has like Brian Cardell involved, Jonathan Neal, um, and quite a few other people are all kind of involved in this design, but it's in Leonie Watson. um, And it's going to be basically you write headings. So like H2, some content H2, some content or whatever. Yeah. And then we convert the, yeah. H2, then panel content uh, H2, then panel content, just like you're writing a straight document. And then if you wrap it in the generic tabs, it'll roll up into a tab interface. No
1: way. So,
0: cool. so like your heading becomes the button and the label and everything. So for yeah. the panel. So, ah, uh, that it's, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of work ahead, but that's sort of the first draft, but just the, uh, f- from talking to Leone, Leonie, it was, I think her opinion was like, it would be, You know, if I disable JavaScript or it gets disabled by some bad script, it would be more useful to have like a proper document outline working, you know, that gets auto converted into a tabs thing or something. So that's kind of the design we're working on. We'll see how it goes, but that's uh, clever. Hopefully. Uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. So
1: it is, you know, I remember, I think it was the Hayden Pickering post about tabs where that got me you know, mind screwed on it again because it was like it's not just the semantics that you apply to it. There's JavaScript involved because of the what is your expectation of how how you traverse between the tabs, like the, the actual buttons, and then how you get back and mm-hmm. forth between the content and back to the button that you were just on. So it's kind of like yeah. what's the return button do? Does it activate the tab and then move your focus or is Or does it not move your focus? And then how do you get back and forth between the buttons? Is it arrow keys or tabs or like, isn't tab does what you don't think it's going to do, right?
0: I think tab is supposed to take you to the content, not to the next tab over. Tab will take you to the next focusable item in the content, actually. So like you need to make sure the panel is focusable or whatever, so that it goes straight to the panel or the H1 or the whatever that's right. in the panel. In my
1: mind, tab um, would take you to the next button over, but it it's not the supposed next to do Tab. That. Yeah, those are, no, that's what arrow keys once you're in do, the, I think.
0: Yeah, that, once you're in the tab list, that's where arrow keys come in, left, right, and then Kind of like down radio should buttons. Kind of do the same thing. Like radio buttons. And then home and end actually come into play. So like home will take you to the first one, end will take you to the last one. And then cycling through, if you go over, over, over 15 times, it should loop back to the first one and kind of cycle you through. It's like a fundamental Uh, Actually, I don't know if that's, I think that's, maybe actually that's not the behavior. I'll have to re, I'm going to scratch that statement, but because I think it's just kind of like, you should maybe hit the end and then have to work back, but it should maybe like stop you, like keyboard trap you, you know? Mm. But yeah. You had another
1: complication um, there if you were to just write if i had to write i could write tabs in literally 5 minutes i'd go link 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 the the hashtag for those links would link to the id of a div that's sitting below it i would display none and display block the tabs below that i could write it in mm-hmm. generic vanilla javascript in 5 minutes and it would be super wrong but i would think i did yeah. a good job because i've written it with somewhat semantic html the links link to the right places the unha- un un The tabs that aren't active right now are display none, which makes some sense to me. It's not active right now. If you want to activate it, then go to the link and link to it. Then it will be active, you know. It would seem right, but it would miss about 15 (laughs) things on this list of the ways the tabs should behave.
0: Yeah, no, there's, there's, when you like dig into it, you realize, oh, there's actually quite a bit to it that I didn't realize. You know, you didn't do it in in possibly terrible job, it just, it's like insufficient, you know, it, it's like you, people can like skip to the content and reveal the content and disclose the content just like how you have it set up. But then, it, you know, but people maybe when you're browsing through listening orally, if you're doing audio browsing, you don't know it's a tablet. You just hear like list of five links, you know, and you're like, is that important? You know, or like yeah. So it just doesn't like you need the the when you use like roll tab list or whatever. Yep. You get a bit more uh, information, a bit more context about what you're interacting with. Mm-hmm. So Makes yeah. sense
1: to me. Um, um, cool. So you know, it's funny that the that all that puppeteer. F- 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 Funniness, you know. I think there was a little drama there. I don't know all the details, but I think you know Puppeteer is a Google project, and there was a bunch of people who worked yeah. on it. And some of those people were also connected with DevTools for some reason, and then there was a bit of like an exodus over to Microsoft as part of it, like a, a not just one person but like a bunch of people. And then Microsoft all of a sudden is like, we have a thing too. It's called Playwright, and it's open source, and it's a way to control browsers, also Chrome, because you know, there is no Edge anymore. There is, but it's Chromium, so that yeah. it takes the same instructions. But Playwright can also control likes Firefox at least, too, and some other browsers do, which mm-hmm. is a definitely a limitation of puppeteer although i'm sure they have their eyes set on that and then the drama was that the you know some people pointed at playwright and said listen you say that you can do those things but it requires these like extreme patches to those browsers that are not ever going to land in those browsers so it's like you're controlling some bastardized version of that browser and then other people were like no mm. that's not that's all not true and I don't know all the drama, but there is some of that. I know I've seen Playwright used more and more. I wonder if that would have ran more smoothly on your PC, just coming from Microsoft.
0: No, and that was a question uh, I think my friend Charlie asked, you know, they're like, did you try Playwright? And I just was like, I don't know what I'm using because I I see playwright written in the documentation somewhere, but I'm not, it doesn't tell me playwright. It just says puppeteer core can't connect, you know? Mm. Um, So that was, you know, it would be great if I could switch it over to playwright, but I'm again, I'm on an open source project, third tier dependency. I don't control that, you know, like I'm just trying to live vibe in the setup, you know, and, and I don't control the third party dependency. I can't, walk into a project and be like, we're doing it this way, everybody, you know, like, no, not, not,
1: not if there's this much code written too that that's working well for everyone else.
0: Yeah. So, and and that's like the bummer part is like, I basically had to buy a Mac to work on this, (laughs) this thing. Um, There of course, you know, is like there, you know, there's other stuff. There's, there's a lot of other stuff, but like, I had to like buy a Mac to like work on this uh, project and then my own projects that are going to use Puppeteer and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I, I that's frustrating to me from an open web perspective you know the, the web should work for everyone. And we, there shouldn't be a buy-in like a, a, you have to buy a Macintosh if you want to contribute open source, that's a bummer, you know, and no fault to this, these libraries, they're just getting by no fault to, you know, people on the windows side who are working hard to fix this, no fault to uh, Mac users. It's just, it's just when we don't have diversity, we don't have ubiquity, and we and we and unintentionally block people out. So that's hmm. uh, a bummer. So yeah, I'll say. Um, Sorry, no bummers on this podcast. It's the holiday season. We're cruising into twenty twenty one. All the all, all problems disappear. Oh, go ahead. Do a Bummer.
1: I was gonna do a, a podcast recommendation. I randomly put it on and now but now I'm feeling uh I'm feeling out of my mind a little bit. You, you no, listen do to him. Shankar Vedante does that Hidden Brain podcast. I think he does multiple podcasts. He's like the no. best podcast host ever. Um Okay. Really? Hidden Brain? Nothing? Okay, well you should listen to uh, nothing, it. Nothing now. Really no. I was just listening to one yesterday and I think it was called Outrage. And now I'm like, maybe it's this really old episode because I don't, I don't know. Now I'm not finding it. I'll have to send it to you later. But I remember the gist of it because I just listened to it yesterday. And it was that, you know, when you're outraged generally, but this was kind of about social media. So, like, when somebody's like, I'm ah, mad on social media, which is these days, honestly, like, mo- most-ish of social media, it's, like, wild how much that's the norm on somewhere like Twitter, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Uh, and oh, that, You complain on Twitter to get stuff done. I mean, that's a fact.
1: Jim. Yeah, but he was pointing <laughs> – you know what? It, it kind of works too. Like I have a fun, <laughs> funny story about that. That's probably not suited for the podcast, but whatever. The, it, it sometimes it works. I hate that, but you like I write to support, get nothing, complain on Twitter. A developer sees it, fixes the problem. Wow. There, there was there's moments when you know, there. I think there's lots of evidence of of you know outrage happening on Twitter, and then and then deeper context evolving, and then being like, oh. That was actually wrong. You know, there's some there's some things pointed to that. And then this but this podcast went into the idea that there's some science that outrage is rewarded in your brain. Which I oh, I good. guess I didn't know. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> that when oh, you're really mad and geez. you slap somebody's wrists or you just like let that rage happen because you're correcting somebody else somebody else did something wrong and i'm making sure they know it you know it everybody knows it that it you know you get that little i don't think it's dopamine but that's you know the the word used with gaming and stuff right you get that little hit yeah. of like i did i did a
0: good and it, there's some I did a good. I told them yeah. I I said my fries were too cold and they went and got me new french fries. Right. So they were saying that
1: evolution them. has made a bet on this and that that's a good that historically good has come from being able to correct people but you know times change a little bit now it's like oh my gosh Everybody and anybody's doing it, and 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 think of all the the danger oh, of all that, and then they and then they you know like a good researched podcast point to some actual instances of this of of you know tons of outrage happening, and the the danger then being that like if more evidence comes up and the thing that you are outraged about. You know, maybe there's even an entire role reversal and you shouldn't, you know, the outrage should almost go in the other direction because you were wrong. You know, this video didn't have enough mm-hmm. information in it or you got the facts wrong or something. Unfortunately, people's desire to then correct themselves is is much lower. You're not,
0: you, you don't yeah. then
1: slap your own wrist and say, oh, I should not have jumped to that. You don't. You either double down or you kind of walk away from it.
0: Which is just yeah. We have a whole. Our brains, were actively work to convince us we're correct in every situation to like prevent us from emotional trauma or whatever. It's I David Dylan Thomas's book brought that up. It's just like are our brains like working against us? And you know, I just sometimes I don't know. What do you do? How do you? uh, Reprogram a brain. It's know. the doubling
1: down. That's how we've seen that, you know, certainly over the last couple of years, but, but probably forever, you know, I don't mean to make everything is a 2020 problem, you know, but you see people that, that, you know, you get called out for something. The temptation then is to be like, I know I, you know, I was a little wrong before, but <laughs> you just wait. Now I'm going to triple my opinion strength on this and the, and, oh, it, and it never ends well, you know.
0: I didn't think we were talking about J.K. Rowling on the podcast, but I guess we are.
1: So. <laughs> uh, the, I, I did think of that, but there, but this was this podcast didn't didn't mention her. There was there's some other good examples, but some you know some yeah. whatever. I think that the example they used was some some kids who were you know maga hat kind of thing and and looked like they were getting in the face of some Native American people, which was very strange and whatever. And then and then a yeah. longer video revealed that there was way more nuance to that story. Um, and, and, and then, but then showed some great examples of another step removed beyond that where people, then there was this, you know, woman, I should be quoting her by name, but I just listened to the podcast yesterday. I didn't expect us to be talking about it this much, did reverse her opinion and said, I was wrong about my opinion on the video and published it in the Atlantic. <laughs> and then pundits latched onto that article and, and we're like, rah, 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 look at her. She was a nut job missing all the context and nuance of of her story. So it's like they did the same right. thing she was doing. It's just that's
0: Well, and then she's doing the right thing by saying I was wrong and then people out there, oh, do you watch Phineas and Ferb? Uh, I know that one. Few <laughs> daughters probably not old enough. Uh, Phineas and oh, Ferb is I great. I know
1: what you're talking about.
0: But these two brothers who have this older sister that's always trying to bust them. But so somebody's like says I am wrong. I'll admit that and then like people are just Candaces come out and they're just like oh see I busted you dude you look you're incredible cuz you're like changing your opinion and it's like no that in a good world changing opinions happens like ho- hopefully we are changing modifying our opinions towards a, a whatever a global truth of some kind but you know it doesn't yeah
1: don't you like that classic strong opinions loosely held thing where you're like you don't want to go around with 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 too much gray you know i i i i'm bad about that i'm always like i can see both sides so i guess i won't weigh in like that's you're not that useful of a human being if you just never have any opinion about anything but you should be willing to change your opinion based on any evidence that comes your way you know This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by WooCommerce, which is the e-commerce plugin for WordPress. It's what powers all the e-commerce on WordPress.com, so you know, you know, just like uh, uh, WordPress and WordPress multi-site, you know, the open source projects are basically what WordPress.com runs at, but WordPress.com is at this amazing scale, so you know, like, uh, this software better work, and uh, it sure does. Uh, uh, WooCommerce specifically is what we're talking about here, just a, a amazingly powerful e-commerce software I use it I've used it many times to sell stuff online so it's free and open source and it can do a lot Right there, and then, you know, the WooCommerce, the business makes money by you, um, you know, you need this specialized plugin that does this specialized thing. Well, you pay for that, usually by the year kind of thing, and usually you're like, well, thank you, WooCommerce. I really needed that exact functionality, and I needed to work really well, and I need to know that it's supported, and it's always there for you. That's what I love about WooCommerce. But uh, today, let me point you to WooCommerce.com slash They have native mobile apps for iOS and Android. So you get that, you know, on the Apple's App Store or the Google Play Store. And they're just super nice apps. It's like everything that you'd ever want to do with WooCommerce on your site, even if it's your self-hosted site or whatever, which it is for me, it works great. I can open up the native app and see all my sales and see charts and see what happened today and what happened this week and this month and look things up and know what's going on with my store. Crucially... I can add products, too. And they're saying that was absolutely the number one most requested feature of this app that you couldn't do before, but you can do now. So big, nice release there. And I'm just imagining this, like, almost romantic story in my mind of, like, an artist opening up their kiln, then pulling out this beautiful platter, and the kiln firing turned out perfectly. And so they have this new, like... Platter that has, you know, this swirly, beautiful design on it. You're like, you know what? That's a $175 platter right there. That's going on my store for sale that I already have set up to sell my wares, you know? And I'll add shipping in it for it that's appropriate. I'll take photos of it. You know, I'll lay it on a cool stump that's next to my kiln and take beautiful photos of it put it up in my store, can do all that right from your phone. You don't have to be like, oh, I guess I'll take some photos now, and then later when I remember, I'll go back to my computer and post this thing for sale. Nope, can do it right from the phone. Super cool. Thanks, WooCommerce.
0: bring, bring it back to, like uh, like, work or websites cap Watkins uh who's like a VP of design character I only think um, of him as the
1: sliding scale of giving an f guy
0: yeah sliding scale of giving an f and so like you say like the button should be blue you know like uh, that's a strong opinion but then you say I'm like two out of ten on the f scale oh that's the the curse word I only give two two f's right on how much this means to me. So, if somebody's like, it should be purple, I'm like a 10 F's on this, you know? Right. It's like, all right, well, cool. Like, now we have like <laughs> some measurements, you know? Like, right. uh, it's maybe just help. I don't know. Somebody could also exploit that and just always be a 10, but then, you know, I, I you think could. There's it doesn't like work trust if you're not right. Yeah.
1: I've used it. Yeah. I use it probably every week and twice in the last couple of months, highly effectively. You know, like really if you're a zero, I don't even think you should say what your opinion is because you're you're so low. If it's <laughs> if if it's if you're just really low, you should just blast your opinion but make it low. A five is really interesting because you're like, oh, so you know, like this is this is tricky. I don't know. I can't even. You're having trouble even querying your own brain about it. And then like the eights, nines, mm-hmm. and tens are super interesting too. And I think people should really respect you when you come at something with an eight, nine, or ten. And I had to do it in the context of a of a co-founder relationship kind of thing. Not because I was – and it didn't lead to any fights. I just – I didn't want to have a meeting about it and, and be like, hey, what do you think of this? When, I, when you're an eight, nine, or ten, I think it's your responsibility to open with that. Say I'm going to show you something, and I feel really strongly about this. I'm like at an eight, nine, mm-hmm. or ten about it. So I want you to like know that that's where my brain is at. I don't want to, I don't want to risk having this meeting and then coming out of it and having you just feel like, eh, I don't care that much. You know, like I need you to respect hadn't, how much I hadn't care about thought it. of
0: it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's great. I mean, we had a situation, you know, a pull request with like a poorly named variable or prop, you know, and it was like. I just, I I was like a one, you know, and I just was like, you know, I, I'm just adding a note because I don't know if this is the best name, but I can't think of a better one. So like we can always change it later, but I'm just adding a note. I'm vocalizing this, but like, you know, I'm very much communicating, like I'm just a one here, but I think there's like a better name. I just can't think of it, you know? Okay. But, yep. um, but that was just like, you know, that's just a situation. And then we came up with a little bit you know, nudged it a bit and got it in a little better shape. So like that was literally this week. So I think it helps to, to just not be so absolute, but, or, or you can have an opinion, but then like contextualize how heavy it is, you know, how strongly held it is. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. No, I'm going to subscribe to this podcast. It looks pretty good.
1: Yeah. That's one of my faves for sure. Um, over on CSS Tricks, we launched the end of year series. Actually, this podcast will be the last shop talk show for 2020, so that's appropriate. You know, hey, we'll we'll see you in January. You did
0: it, listener. You listened to all the episodes. <laughs> Maybe not.
1: Yeah. Uh, good job. You we'll be back. We'll be back. Absolutely. We'll see how inspired we are over the, the Christmas break too. Sometimes I do projects that just sound kind of fun, but I would never have time for otherwise. Like I'm just sitting on the couch watching kids shows anyway or something and poke around at design. This was a fun diversion. I think this weird like two color pixel font thing on Chop Talk Show, but I cannot get it out of my mind that I think we should like go back to something a little more like normal. (laughs) (laughs) Normal and palatable. It was
0: fun. Afia and Dan definitely like knocked it out of the park just in terms of like funitude or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I've come with you. Maybe we need to scale it, dial it back just smidge <laughs> smidge rooney so yeah i could see landing here and being a little like
1: overwhelmed to the point of it where you're like i don't i don't know how to like engage with this as strongly you know i don't know sure, it was all sure. to our to our specs so yeah i agree it was it was a it was a fun thing but i almost feel like one of those one of those redesign moments where you're almost just like just like install a default theme and just like be like that okay. was the forcing function for me to to get to it, but I don't okay. think we we quite can do that because the chapter show has gotten a little weird over time. Like we invested in like custom post types of, of of series, so we can link to a series. I love that. I would never get rid of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, just just yeah, like that doesn't work. Right? Like your custom your any given theme off the shelf will have no idea about your custom post types. You know
0: right right unless we like wrote some script to siphon those into the the content or whatever in wordpress but we'll have to figure it out no I think it'd be fun I think my uh, holiday project is going to be so we made this app called day trip it's like a go find places how to leave your house on the weekend at a moment's notice Mm -hmm. Um, and it's Texas Austin area only and um, you know just as we've like progress with client work and then now we're kind of starting to work on something else like uh i i'm now getting like server notices like your server is out of is going to be taken offline you know like heroku upgrade oh, no. sort of things or whatever and then like sendgrid is like your api keys are gonna expire like you need to redo them all and and i'm just like you know i'm gonna my project is going to be to take this thing like offline, uh, would it, it decommission the app, but into like a little Nuxt app on Netlify that goes and fetches the data from the database, but then we like cut the web server off of Heroku. So you can't log in, you can't you know sign up, it's just like purely the functionality.
1: Yeah, but you're um, going to leave the database yeah. on, you're not going to static it out.
0: Uh, I may like steal it or what, like, you know, the pieces I need, but I just was kind of like, you know, I've been messing with this, uh, tool called Prisma. It's like, uh, ORM almost like active Mm -hmm. record in JavaScript. And it compiles out this like go client. That's really efficient at, you know, interfacing with Postgres. Um, or any database, but Did um, you have to scaffold out to, the data
1: that you do, right? You have to like write your own schema and stuff right? with Prisma. Yeah.
0: You write your own schema and you're just like, here's what, here's what, but you can also in introspect, which is a fancy word, but it can introspect for data. Um, so I'm going to just like introspect the database. And then I will, I, I should be able to like clone it into like a little next step pretty easily, but that's kind of, it's just sort of like a project, you know? What does that mean
1: exactly? Does it mean that you, like if you had an existing database without schema, I can like look at it and see what's up?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically like, I think there's a describe function in MySQL, a query that you just say like describe this table or give me a list of all the tables and then describe each table. And then it'll infer all the fields and all the types and everything, and then generate oh, a schema nice. based on that.
1: So yeah yeah that's
0: cool that's the hope
1: i think of that stuff because i'm i've i don't know that i've ever have ever in my history of tech written a schema for data ever but i'm also not like i feel like that's a weird thing to be afraid of because i've used lots of like data modeling tools in my life for example even on Chop talk we're like oh you know what this post should have additional fields it should have a podcast field and a running time and stuff i mean we don't quite do that because that's handled by a plugin but we do have custom fields like what are the advertisers for the show who are the guests and stuff and we modeled that out through advanced custom fields I think I've used other tools in the past too but that is a really good one for WordPress you're, mod- you're modeling data that's literally what you're doing every person who's you're ever totally done mine, that has modeled data yeah. that shouldn't be so far away from you know the the real nerdy like writing a schema kind of thing I was kind of that you know the, they've been sponsors like all oh, this what I'm talking right now is not sponsored is that AWS Amplify has gotten into yeah, this a little bit with with visuals you know building you know like if you, one of the reasons people use advanced custom fields in wordpress is cuz you just do it all visually you're like i need this field it is an email field it is a file upload field it is a name field or whatever and you just kind of like drag them around and attach them to things and do that stuff visually i need that that's why i'd use contentful or something maybe sanity studio i don't know you know like Cause, because I maybe am irrationally scared of like data based schema generation mm-hmm. so if I was going to use some, some tool that didn't have that I'd be too scared what a cool release from AWS Amplify to kind of expect that there's coded schemas but help you scaffold them with a GUI
0: and it ends up oh, being a GraphQL
1: a... output kind of thing and I'm like oh that is super oh, really? cool
0: danger that's cool no, I, uh, the, uh, yeah, I was digging into Amplify this week. It's, I, I just was like, is this the easiest way to use AWS? And I just, I was, I was like, Oh, maybe, it, maybe this is it for me. Um, maybe
1: it is. Uh, I, I, anyway. I've heard glowing things about it from so, somebody else. Somebody sent me this article the other day about, I'll have to put it in the show notes. I, again, I like can't quote anybody, which makes me this terrible radio host, but it was about, it was something about the glue of the developer experience gap. And they were praising Amplify in that way for that, like AWS, tr- traditionally Amazon's not very good at developer experience. They make the like some of the absolutely unquestioned best developer tools, but the way in sometimes is not great. So there's ecosystems around that helping you with the way in, and, and they were praising Amplify for being like, that's the one team over there that seems to be like getting it right, you know? And so f- for even somebody like Dave Rupert, yeah. apparently like you need a not hand holding, but something that's not so obtuse, you know? I don't want
0: to spend a day setting up an S3 bucket. That's, and that's where it's at now. You know, it's just like, oh, you want me to, oh gosh, what's my ISAM? Okay. What's, what's an ISAM, <laughs> you know? And so you're just like, golly, but this, you know, they just, they're like, drop down, use this one or this one or this one, you know? So. Uh, anyway, that not to give free advertising. because There's other tools, you know. Yeah. Uh, that All do someone, But I just was there. But that's just such a big piece of, you know, it's very serious infrastructure, enterprise grade infrastructure, whatever. But like, you know, if it's hard to use, you know, again, like coming Dave Rupert a team of three people, like that's my job. That sucks. I don't want it to be hard. Like, like it. It's, you know, if it's if it's too hard, I don't want to use it, you know, so because uh, mm-hmm. because all of that falls on my shoulders, you know, there's not a DevOps team. There's not a, you know, whatever principal engineer who gets paid whatever 70 times what I make, you know, there's nothing like that. It's just me. <laughs> so, well, me and my friend Julian. So Yeah. I
1: started to talk about the, on CS Strikes, we're doing this end of year series, uh, inviting people to answer the question, what is one thing you learned about building websites this year? Uh, so that's been interesting. they will be, I would encourage you to check that out. I think people are kind of in the mood for that end of year wrap up kind of vibe. And that's what, what all these guest writers have done, including, uh, including writing that's saying like nothing or that, you know. I don't want to talk about that because I want to talk about something else because this year was so wild, you know. So there's some of that in there too. Oh, sp- sp- along with some stuff like logical properties and TypeScript and some very just technological <laughs> ones too. That's very much on purpose. That's what I asked of people. Like you can take either one of those angles and I think they'll they'll flow together nicely. So I'll put that link in the show notes yeah. as well.
0: I've, I've really enjoyed these. Like very high quality and... Oh, it's so good. Like Natalia Shelburne uh, was just like 2020 was not a good year for learning. And just, just like, I learned a lot. Sure. Yeah. But tell you what, in this year, I just literally had to have fun. Like, that's how you, you have to do that. you know, and as somebody who like my new hobby is like playing solitaire and watching YouTubes and like, <laughs> like that whatever 2020 man Mm -hmm. just get a deck of cards and play some solitaire like that's what we've been doing so i um, hate to say because the point of
1: that was to not is to not worry about your productivity because that that's what you Mm -hmm. have to let go you have to worry that this time is as i have that real bad that kind of like every second Mm -hmm. i should be doing something valuable to myself or the world or the website or this project or that project or something Mm Um, If you can just not do that, just be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm just going to chase this down. Even if it's code related or something, like if it just doesn't, if you can remove productivity from the equation, I think that can be, that's kind of what she was getting at. Like, screw it. I'm just chasing this down because I think it's freaking interesting. That's where my mind is leading me right now. And then the great irony of that is that the more you do that and let your brain kind of rest and not feel guilty about what it's doing that you end up kind of better for it anyway. It ends up kind of being good for your productivity because your mind is in better health.
0: Yeah, I saw somebody tweet, the best debugging tool is eight hours of sleep. And <laughs> I just was like, oof, you jerk. Okay, sure.
1: <laughs> I, I'd probably be a stressed out mess, but that's my superpower. No matter what's going on my brain, it just, it closes its eyes and it wakes up eight hours later.
0: Oh man, I'm not that. I, my, mine's like, all right, brain, we got some time. Let's uh, start a side <laughs> project and play some video games. We'll go to bed about I don't know one, and then what time do the kids wake up? Oh shoot, six thirty. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. But guess what? We got coffee. Let's do. <laughs> <laughs> that's my whole life, dude.
1: Uh, uh, when I woke up early today, that was one of the first articles I read. Was one that that said that some people who do that. I'm not saying this is you, but do it because they um this is probably the opposite of you don't have control over what they do in a day and there was about a lot of um people that work in Mm -hmm. china that work that overwork so that because you're not because you don't have control over the rest of your day that you're you seize that control at night you're like i don't care what the consequences of this are i'm going to do whatever the heck i want to at night because at least i have control of that it was very cool
0: no, that's fair. I could actually see that. And I can see that definitely in the lives of people I play video games with because they're just absolutely well, not the well, sometimes the people in my chat in my discord, but the people so like people I'm like randos I team up with, they're just full tilted. They're angry. They're screaming about nonsense. And it's like, you just want some control in your life. You just want you just want to control everybody in this video game. You know, I understand it, but. You're, you're being a rude dude, but yeah, no, that's interesting.
1: I am going to take all these questions that you wrote in and I promise you, we are going to answer them in 2021 because there's some good questions in here. We don't have any time right now. We can do one though. Let's do one. Huh? We're doing one question, or question. Classic, classic here. I guess this one Magnus Scare wrote, and he linked us to a Reddit thread. I, I totally subscribe to a couple of web dev things on Reddit because you, you get good stuff. One of these days, I swear to God, I'll answer one of the questions. There's all these interesting questions that pop up, and then I never I never say anything.
0: You gotta send you gotta send me. Uh, I mean, is it just so our web dev? Yeah, okay, our web dev. Yeah, well, that yeah. one, but the CSS one is okay too.
1: But c- oh, because I think that it's it's welcoming ish. I shouldn't say that because I can't actually vouch for that. But the questions are very, like, wholesome in the CSS one. They're like, how do I do this thing? And it's, like, a very legit question, I think. And I'd like to try to answer them. But sometimes they're, like, they're not asked perfectly. And they're, you know, sometimes they're a little out of scope and stuff. But I think that's kind of what makes them wholesome sometimes. Anyway, this one is not a question. Well, it's kind of a question. It's like, how do you round a number down in CSS? Let's say you had 3.02 and you just want two or three or whatever. You want to round to the nearest whole number there. Can you do that? My answer is like, no, of course you can't do that. In CSS, JavaScript would be Mm -hmm. happy to do that for you. Maybe you could do it with a custom property or whatever and then do it in JavaScript and kick it back over to the custom property. There definitely is no round function in CSS or anything like that. But Magnus pointed to this post of, of a Stack Overflow answer, of course, that's like wild of showing you how you can do it and of course you use the calc function in css with this astronomically large like scientific notation number where you do multiplication and division and stuff in the end result is
0: it works it rounds the number it's 4.940656 blah 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 blah, blah e to the negative 322nd power <laughs> So, or like negative 322 decimals left, or whatever. So, like, yeah! Wow. So okay. I'll so read it. It's a to very, very you. negative number.
1: It yeah. multiplies the value to be rounded by a really small value that underflows the value starting at the third decimal point. Then it divides the truncated value back, resulting in a rounded version of the value. This assumes that all browsers you support use the 64-bit floating point values. If they don't, not only will this be wrong, it might, it might return zero when using smaller floating point data types, completely breaking your page. So that's a heck of a caveat. Even if it does work in the browsers that you're supporting, wow, that's not a good plan. I think for understandability of your code and all that kind of stuff. Not to mention, why are you trying to round numbers in your CSS at all? Like, doesn't it come from some external source? And if it comes from an external source, that means JavaScript's probably involved anyway where you can do the rounding. It's like, what I can't even think of a use case here. Not that... I should be careful there because I hate it when people swoop and poop and be like I can't think of a use case off the top of my head so your idea is dumb you know like I can't in this case but that doesn't mean that there's no use cases for this I just I can't think of one
0: but Magnus asks like uh, how do you deal with CSS pixel rounding like assuming that that reddit thread is bad (laughs) like how do you deal with uh, especially relative units like M's and rems and FURS uh and percentages i've had uh, css grids break in certain browsers like ie uh border disappearing css shapes lining up on certain devices uh but i uh wouldn't wish uh, it upon any developer to deal with strange magic rounding number functions like that so do you have do you have you do you encounter these kind of like half pixel issue kind of things or anything like that no no I've, I've hit it before. Uh, one, one trick. I, I, this is extreme. Don't use, don't hard code odd numbers and you're going to be in better shape. Whoa. Um, yeah. Like I specifically, the point is even
1: numbers just
0: divide better. They divide by two way better and four. And so, (laughs) um, like odd numbers tend to have a problem. And then like, you know, um, so, Try not to do that. Um, also, like if you know you can, I don't know. I I always do that responsive thing where you just chuck a as many decimal points as you want. I know people are like, like you don't. This is stupid. Don't do this. It's only three max or something like that. I don't know. I'm just in the like. Let's just give browsers the most information they can have, and they can figure it out. And if they don't like it, I'll move it like a one tiny number. <laughs> so, um, that dividing thing
1: does make sense to me, right? Like, you have a number 13 and you need to divide it in two for some kind, which is 7.5, or what 12, 6, 6.5. Mm-hmm. And then, but isn't that okay? Like, can't you just let it be 6.5? But you're saying if it's 6.5, sometimes you get like whatever you're like between two pixel lines and it gets fuzzy or something, and it would have been healthier if it was six or seven,
0: mm-hmm. six or seven, and so. But I, I would say, like since border box, like box sizing border box hit, like I, I don't know, I have a lot less problems with with uh, needing whatever this even number hack and stuff like that. Because a lot of times it was like borders factored in there, and like so they had add a pixel, and then if your padding was an odd number of pixels, they would add. But with border box, everything's kind of slurped in to one go. So anyway. Um, all right well
1: I think we did it I think we our weekly uh, our weekly therapy session is over here There's a there's a tweet yeah. I put in the show notes that was very popular on Twitter that says why do men start podcasts instead of going to therapy and
0: uh, I'm in that tweet
1: and I don't like it
0: I I'm in that tweet but I have I have an answer because I'm a podcaster and a male of course I do have an answer to you it. do I'll, I'll put it on my blog I just I read I went to a retirement seminar. It's a weird thing, but I have <laughs> I've heard like a lot of men and you can break out of the gender binary. They they are task-based in their relationships and stuff like that. A lot of their relationships are task-based and or like work or doing a podcast or something like that. And so a lot of men will convert any kind of relationship into a job or something or some sort of task and so Maybe that's why I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there.
1: Kind of good though. You're saying that because this is like a weekly thing for us that we can treat it. I don't know that, or it feels more work like, but why doesn't, you know, putting on your calendar, I have a therapy session at 2 PM on Tuesday. That doesn't feel like work. That doesn't qualify.
0: Yeah, I guess not. I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't for me. (laughs) It would
1: feel like an errand.
0: That's maybe true. Yeah. Uh, Which again, Handy, handy nanny. <laughs> need a, need a handy nanny. Yeah, I um, love that idea. Yeah. Let's end with that. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcatcher choice. Be sure to star heart, favorite it up. That's how people found out about the show. And this time, like, uh, be sure to subscribe. Don't like unsubscribe over the holidays because then you won't get it when it comes back. Right. So if you get a new phone uh, over the holidays, get make sure to resubscribe. That's how we stay in your podcatcher. Um, uh, follow us on Twitter at chop talk show. Uh, let us know if you're working on any cool, uh, weekend projects and stuff like that. Um, let us know if we we need to cover something in 2021, like anything like that, like this is the time for ideas or whatever. Uh, we'll take whatever. And then, you know, we, we may uh, experiment a bit, uh, in the next year, but we don't, we haven't really talked about it. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, yeah, if you hate your job, uh, 2021 is a year to get a brand new one because people want to hire people like you. Head over to shoptalkshow.com slash jobs uh, and get a brand new one. Mm. And Chris, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Mm. I like that. Uh, I like that. What was I going to
1: say? That the oh, I lost at shoptalkshow.com.